0: Hey guys, it's Ed, and I'm coming to you live from the Temporary Drunk Gossip Studios here in Detroit. Um, the the Temporary Studio uh, thing should be pretty much wrapped up um, sometime this week, or next week, at the very latest, I think. Um, and then we'll be making his triumphant return to the show. Of course... Um, He's been consulting with me on some stories. He's helping me put together um, the Jeffrey Epstein deep dive. So he's still very much a part of the show, um, and I I can't wait for him to make a return. Um, I'm also setting up an interview with a very very cool up and coming writer. Uh, I don't know if she's going to be co- just doing an interview or if she's going to co-host with me. I will get all that information as soon as I get it sorted out with her. Um, and, you know, one of the really cool things, and this has been true of every single job I've ever had, I always make friends. Of course, the the downside is... Um, I also, there are some people I don't like. Um, You know, obviously I adore Will. I think he's a wonderful addition. And kind of, he balances out the wildness that is Ed. (laughs) And, you know, one uh, sometime in the future, I'll tell you a story about when I worked at Things Remembered in the mall. Um, but for now, the reason why I'm bringing up liking or not liking co-workers is because Nina Dobrave and Paul Wesley have admitted that for the longest time, they didn't like one another on... Um, they didn't like one another for the first few seasons of The Vampire Diaries, Um, um, Nina Dobrev said, Paul and I didn't get along at the beginning of the show. I respected Paul Wesley. I didn't like Paul Wesley. Um, and the reason why we're talking about it now, because that would happen way back in June, so why are, why now? Well, Paul Wesley decided he was doing an interview and was like yeah pretty much couldn't stand one another um he said i think the point that nina was making and i'll totally back her up on this is that we totally clashed the first couple of years in terms of getting on one another's nerves and then developed this wonderful friendship so it's a, it's like a nice happy ending And, you know, <clears throat> of course, you know, especially in the creative community, and the creative field, it is very, very odd, um, for two people who admit that they didn't like one another. Even though they get along famously now and they're best of friends and whatnot, it's still a little bit weird, um... Just because you usually want to put the best face on everything. But, I I actually really appreciate their honesty. Um, Nina said, I remember everyone would walk up to me after the show aired and they'd be like, are you and Paul dating in real life? Everyone thought we had such good chemistry. I realize now there's a fine line between love and hate, and we spiced each other so much that it read as love. But, we really just didn't get along the first five months of shooting. Um and then Paul finished off his interview by saying I think sometimes when people work together nonstop, you press nonstop for years and years on end, you're just you don't appreciate the person that's in front of you. You're like, Oh, you know, I'm exhausted and tired and I think now it's such a sort of nice story because we're such good friends now. I think it was a cool lesson to learn. I it's like The people that kind of maybe you don't get along with in the beginning later might surprise you. And I think a lot of my friendships are like that. Uh, And Nina... uh, Nina did come out and say... Of everyone, I think I probably see him the most and hang out with him the most. We're probably the closest. It's so funny how time changes everything because I never thought he would be one of my best friends. You know, honestly, that's just how it goes sometimes. Um, you, you start out not liking someone and then you end up getting along. Or you start out liking someone and then somewhere along the way that stops. That's happened to me a few times. You know what's happened to me a few times? I've taken a break and come right back. And I'm back. And we, the black story is a huge story that's really enveloping um, not only um, the subject that it's about, or the subjects it's about, um, but it's creating a crisis culture over um, a certain network. We're going to get to that in a little bit. Um, and we're going to talk about the mass shootings... And a little bit as well. But right now, let's talk about Aaron Carter. Now, last time we talked about Aaron Carter, I believe um, it was suspected that his girlfriend was pregnant. And that maybe this relationship wasn't the healthiest. And along those lines... we um we were talking about how sometimes when people are just not right for you and hopefully you wake up and realize it before it's too late well Aaron Carter apparently did wake up and realize it and he broke up with his girlfriend Lena Valentina this weekend and you know it's It's really hard to champion or um, be happy about someone else's pain. Because you don't... Normal human beings don't want to see other people sad or hurt. But... What we do want to see is... The happiness and the... Um, we want to see people healthy. In a healthy relationship. And whatnot. And there was just something about this particular relationship that didn't seem very healthy to anybody. And Aaron actually agreed. Here's what he had to say. Uh, Lena and I have decided to go our separate ways. I was really hoping this would be the one that lasted forever. We even had talked about having kids, but we couldn't seem to get past our differences and the relationship eventually turned unhealthy. I've been through so much the past few years and I'm trying to learn from my mistakes. I don't have any regrets about being with Lena and I definitely learned a lot about myself. I think this decision was the mature thing to do. I'm going to keep focusing on my music, my tour, and my fans. Hopefully my soulmate is out there somewhere, and I'll meet her soon. Now, here's the thing. And, you know, we could get into a whole discussion of bisexuality and what it it means, and, you know, is it 50-50? Is it 80-20? It is what it is, but what I... what I find very interesting here is Aaron has openly declared himself by I believe very briefly he dated a man but he reverts to calling his soulmate a female. I don't know why. Um, You know, maybe it was just instinctive. It was just what he's used to saying, or, or maybe, um, you know, there are some bi guys who only like, they consider themselves bi only because they like to have sex with men. You know, they'll have a relationship with women, but, um, when it comes to sex, they're not picky about, um, the gender of their partner. And that could definitely be him. I don't know. Um, in the the three so much through the past few years, this is gonna sound shitty, but some of that was really his choice. Um, you know, I'm I'm sympathetic to a point um, for an addict's struggle and whatnot. Um, but it's, I, I truly believe that at some point you have to take at least some personal responsibility for, for the choices. Yes, it's an illness, but NA, AA, all of those kind of groups tell you one of the first things you have to do is accept the, the responsibility that, you know, you made the choice. So I, uh, he really does seem happy, and um, the people um who have interviewed him seen, said he seems to be in much better spirits now than he was when, when he was with Lena. So that's something. We're gonna have to just watch and see how this one plays out. For right now, though, I'm gonna take a break and I'm gonna come right back. And I'm back. And, so this is... Uh, when we talk about Kevin Spacey, I've actually really avoided talking about this. Mostly because I had hoped that it wouldn't come to fruition. Um, not because I don't like him. I, he's a okay after. I, um, after all these allegations came out, it's patently obvious that he has um just been playing himself in most of these roles that he's won such a claim for but um one of the things that i think has really happened and developed is um a comeback is harder to stage now. You know, it used to be you just went away for a little while. And after you went away, people would welcome you back. Especially if you had a if you were singing a great song, um, or an actor you, you gave a great performance. Um But now it's a little bit more than that. Like, you have to go a little bit deeper. You have to go on an apology tour. Which is not something that Kevin Spacey seems to want to do. He doesn't seem to want to apologize for his bad behavior. Um, And so that's why he did the... That really weird, creepy video. Uh, you guys remember that. Like, he did the, the video in his house of character. As his house of character, um, house of cards character. Um, talking about how, you know, he wasn't going down and he would be back. Well, now he's doing... Over the weekend, he um, read the poem, The Boxer at um at an Italian museum there was very little press there according to the Daily Mail there was only four reporters invited to this whole thing along with a couple of special guests the rest of the people who watched him do this were people already in the museum who paid their admission and were just walking around And this honestly seemed to be... um, This honestly seemed to... This seems to be what he's trying to do. He's not outright declaring his innocence. um, Or if he is, he's doing it under the guise of playing a character or in a poem. That way it can't come back on him later on and people can't say, well, you blah, 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 blah. Which, very clever, Mr. Spacey, but also we're not stupid, all right? And I need you to remember that we are not fucking stupid. Uh, The poem he read was The Boxer. Uh, I'm sorry, Boxer at Rest um, by Gabrielle Tinti. And for the record, Tinti did actually request Spacey to read this. Um, and allegedly, the poem struck a note with Spacey's sensitivity and deep love of art. Gag me. It's not that I don't like Kevin Spacey. Um, I just, I I hate it when people try to throw dirt over their bad behavior. And, And that's basically what's happening here. He's just throwing dirt over his bad behavior. What we need for him to do is just say, yes, I did this. I messed up. I'm sorry. And honestly, I would be good with that. If, if there was any sort of... If there was any sort of um, apology and not, oh, if you think this is what I did, no. You, you've never denied He's never denied touching that 18-year-old dick. He just said it was an assault. You know, he never denied forcing Anthony rap and holding him down and trying to have sex with him. He just said he was playing around. I'm sorry. You don't play around with a 14-year-old when you're 30. You just don't do it. Period. I mean... Maybe I was brought up differently, maybe... You know, maybe I'm wrong here, but I just, I truly don't believe that's what happened. Or what should happen, rather. And you certainly don't try to make a comeback by playing fast and loose with the facts. And speaking of a comeback... I'm going to take a break, and I'll be right back. And I'm back. And the next two segments are a little bit politically tinged. Um, well, this one is kind of light and fun. The next one is very, very, very serious. Um, so just so you know. <laughs> Does anyone remember Ben pulled 5? Um, especially their song Brick, which I had no idea was actually about an abortion. I I forgot, I was doing research for something, um, later in the week or, um, in an upcoming segment, we're going to talk about, um, rock fiction. It's a, it's a genre of writing, um. That I'm playing with a little bit, but I shouldn't say that I'm playing with a little bit. I, I, I'm I'm interested in I'm trying to become a rock fiction writer. Um, so I was I was looking into some of the songs from the '90s and whatnot because um, I was I'm working on an idea, and I I came across this thing where and I learned that it was about a relationship. Um, between Ben Folds and, um, his high school girlfriend. And it had started out really, uh, as a really good relationship. And then eventually turned into a negative experience for both because, um, of an abortion. And I was just completely blown away by that. So why am I bringing that up? Well, Ben Folds is still around. He's still making music, which, first of all, just blew my mind. Um, But uh, he was in New York over the weekend at a bar called Pier 17, which is a fabulous bar. Seriously, if you guys ever come to New York, first of all, you better be hitting me up and then taking me to Pier 17 because... Yes, please. Um, But he started working on a new song. Are you ready for it? It's called Moscow Mitch. For those that are uninitiated or trying to avoid politics, I'm going to avoid a lot of it for you. Um, But suffice it to say, Mitch McConnell has proven himself to be a Russian asset By blocking any and all legislation that would protect U.S. elections from foreign interference. And after he did this, it came out that a Russian oglyark had been donating money to his re-election campaign. Imagine that. So... Um, uh, he, he's, people on the internet gave him the nickname, Russian, or, um, Moscow Mitch. Um, it's a very popular hashtag that is usually trending any, at any given point on Twitter. So, Ben Folds decided to have a little bit of fun with it. Here's what he told the audience at Pure 17. What I want to do is put a little cool stutter in it. You know, like, my, 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 Sharona. So what we'll do is we'll go, ma, 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 Moscow Mitch. That's it, okay? Um, and it, 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 the song went over really well. It's a, it's a very instrumental song. There's two verses along with the uh, ma, 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 Moscow Mitch. Um, but a lot of people are already saying that if you actually recorded it and released it, it would replace Old Town Road as the number one song. Um, and just a really quick shout out to Little Nas X and Billy Ray Cyrus. Congratulations on Old Town Road becoming the longest running number one song on Billboard's Hot 100 chart. And this was after Little Nos X came out of the closet. So, congratulations. Like, seriously. Um, that is just such an awesome thing. And don't be sad when you're replaced by Ben Folds. He hasn't had a number one since the 90s. Um, just like Billy Ray. <laughs> um, and he really... He really needs it right now. He needs a career resurgence. Especially... With something like this, um, and obviously he's not the first one to make politically tinged music. Barbara Streisand um, released her newest effort. I I can't even think of what the name of the album is, but it it did debut at number one, before, um, completely falling off the charts. Um, but here's the thing. I love me some Barbara. And I... You know... I don't ever think it's time for people to retire. We're, we'll talk about that another day too. But... I actually kind of like Cheryl Crow's idea. You know, Cheryl Crow's not retiring. She's going to tour. She's going to keep making music. But sometimes I wonder if it's not more effective... To... Just go ahead and um, let's stop making albums. You know, again, that's what Cheryl Crow is doing. She she looked at herself. She looked at you know how el- albums are consumed now, and decided for herself. Hey, this isn't working for me anymore. I'm going to switch how. I do things. And, first of all, that not only needs to be applauded, but... I think people should look at that. And I think Ben, ben Fold should definitely look at recording... Even if she doesn't want to put out an album. Just recording Moscow Mitch and just releasing it. And let us do the rest. All you gotta do is record the song make a music video, and we will make it go viral. And speaking of going viral, I'm going to go, and I'm going to be right back. And I'm back. And over the weekend, within 12 hours, there were two mass shootings. The first one would happen in El Paso, Texas, uh, where at last report, 20 people were killed, and more than two dozen people were injured. Um, And then over in Dayton, Ohio, nine more people were killed. I'm not sure of the injuries on that one. I haven't heard um, a lot of reports. And, you know, if you scroll through Facebook or Instagram or even Twitter... There was a stark, stark difference between how each party reacted. Everyone was sad. But underneath sadness... Sadness is usually an emotion that goes with another emotion. For for liberals and Democrats, it was anger. Anger that in two hundred and sixteen days, uh, the, obviously the statistic is uh, a little bit old, but not not by much actually. Um, in two hundred and sixteen days, we've had two hundred and fifty one mass shootings. That's at least one mass shooting per day. In the United States, for the conservatives, Trumpers, and Republicans, and I, I do want to say, conservatives and and Trumpers are not the same group, necessarily. Um, but in that in that kind of group right there, I think there was a little bit of guilt and definitely and definitely fear that. Their guns were going to be taken away or that there was going to be more of a, um, push for gun control legislation. And, you know, the pundits were already out and, and, you know, spinning their spins and whatever. They do what they do. Trump, Donald Trump, put out a statement, um, uh, let me see if I can actually find his statement, um, I hadn't looked for it, because I never looked for a Donald Trump statement, to be honest, um, Um, the first statement came 17 hours ago, um, it was via Twitter. He, Donald Trump has remained largely out of sight since then. He said, God bless the people of El Paso, Texas. God bless the people of Dayton, Ohio. And then he said, Today I authorize the lowering of the flags to half-staff at all federal government buildings in honor of the victims of the tragedies in El Paso and Dayton. And... And he started to push the blame onto the media, saying the media is pushing violence... It's, you know, it's, it's reporting fake news about me and it's angering people. Guess the fuck what? No. Here's what the fuck happened, okay? What happened was... White nationalist Nazis in Charlottesville attacked people who were protesting them. And you said there were very fine people on both sides. Guess what? There's not fucking good people on both sides, Nazis are horrible. We fought World War II over it. And Donald Trump supporters went nuts because they're white supremacists. Not every one of them, but most of them. And you support a white supremacist, which makes you just as guilty. Period. And then, of course, because it was a white man, or white men, rather, who performed these shootings, instead of Trying to, instead of trying to say, you know, we need to work on this problem, we need to work on gun control, we need to work on whatever, it became a mental health issue. Tommy Lahren, that stupid bitch, said, it... It's not, basically her statement was, it's not, um, it, it's not about anything other than mental illness, you know, and Democrats need to get over it, there doesn't need to be gun control, because it's just mental illness. Guess what, first of all, an AOC, who I just love and adore, um, pointed out um, when Mitch McConnell put out a statement saying that, he, you know, he feels bad for the victims and whatnot, she called him the fuck out. She said, hey, we passed legislation for gun control, for comprehensive background checks. If this is a mental illness issue, why hasn't the, why hasn't the Senate voted on it? We did this back in February. What's going on? And boom goes to my mind. This is why I love AOC. Because she has no fucks to give and I am right there with her. I am sure mental illness plays a part in these shootings, in, in these situations. I don't think anyone in their right mind would go shoot up a peop- a, a bunch of people. But you know what else is a factor here? White supremacism. White (coughs) supremacist-isms. Donald Trump started his fucking presidential campaign by calling Mexicans rapists, drug lords, and criminals. He wants to build a wall to keep the brown people out. He has called African countries shitholes and said he wishes that we would get more immigration from places like Ireland and, um, and Sweden. Because they're mostly white. In the words of Kanye West, Donald Trump don't like black people. And, and there's the aforementioned Charlottesville, I'll quote, very fine people on both sides. The El Paso shooter actually had a manifesto. And despite Republicans trying to push away from that being Donald Trump's fault, everything leads right back to that. Maybe the manifesto said, maybe the El Paso shooters manifesto said, oh, I felt this way long before Trump came around. But guess what? Trump has made it okay. He has made it mainstream to allow racism. That racism is okay as long as you are white and you hate the same fucking people he hates. And you can wrap it up in patriotism. Guess what? It's not okay. And we're coming back. Those of us who are right and who believe in love and who believe in righteousness, who are actual Christians, are coming back. And we're going to make you sorry for your racism. We're going to make you scared of us because we're not going to tolerate this shit anymore. We're pissed. So watch out. I'm gonna take a break and I'm gonna be right back. And I'm back. And yes, I realized that the last segment was a little fiery. But it's it's something that I think anyone who grew up in the time of Columbine um, forward understands. We really are just tired of mass shootings Something else, we're tired of sexual assault and discrimination in the workplace. Um, and it, this actually kind of worked out. Um, you know, no, I don't use production notes, I don't really plan ahead of time. I knew <clears throat> I knew that I wanted to do the Paul Wesley Nina Dobrev Brave story, and I knew I wanted to talk about um, Afton Williamson quitting. The rookie, but I never really tied them together. Like it was, those were just two stories that I felt were really, really interesting to me, and that I, I really thought you guys would would like. And then, as I was preparing for this segment, I realized, oh my god, they tie together perfectly. It was like they're perfect little bookends to this episode. <laughs> so, last season. One of the most anticipated shows to debut was The Rookie, starring Nathan Fillion. Now, Nathan, Nathan Fillion can have a whole deep dive by himself, and he probably will one of these days, um, because as beloved and popular as he is, he's, he's allegedly kind of a douchebag, He and um and his former castle co-star apparently didn't get along. In fact, allegedly he called her a cunt at one point. Um surprisingly enough though, and when I tell you this is surprising, it really is surprising to me. Uh he's not part of of this story. <clears throat> Um, other than the fact that he's the lead on the show and, the, and an executive producer. So, Afton Williams, Williamson rather, um, starred as the commanding officer who takes Nathan williams' character under her wing and, you know, she's risking her career for him, basically. And it was announced earlier this summer that she would not be returning for season two. And honestly, it seemed just like a typical shakeup, um, especially for a low-rated drama like The Rookie that got a surprise renewal. Um, And a lot of people are saying that the reason why it got renewed is, first of all, it sells really big overseas. Um, without getting too far into the business side of things. Um Usually if a show is doing poorly here but it's selling overseas, network as long as it's making money for the studio, um, and the network is benefiting from it, um, they'll they'll renew a show. Um, so plus Plus it's a a procedural, which is something that ABC has really had a tough time wanting. So with with that out of the way, um the show was renewed and then after Williamson after Williamson's departure was reported. So no one thought anything of it. Um, a lot of people just figured, "Hey, we're gonna—they're gonna bring in a bigger star or someone else—to kind of change up the dynamic and see if they can up, up the ante a little bit." Well, over the weekend, Afton posted on Instagram the behind the scene story of what really happened and oh man i'm gonna read it in its in its entirety because it's a story that deserves to be heard in her own words so here we go i will not be returning for season two of the rookie i owe it to you my amazing fans to share the truth throughout the filming of the pilot i experienced racial discrimination racially charged inappropriate comments from the hair department and bullying from executive producers during the season, it continued along with sexual harassment from a recurring guest star and the racist commentary and bullying from the hair department. Head escalated into sexual assault at our wrap party. The sexual harassment, though reported directly to the showrunner AP, remained undocumented. It was not reported to HR as promised. The hair department head was fired only after the sexual assault and not for an entire year of outward racism, racially charged language and bullying behavior, in and in and out of uh, uh, sorry, bullying behavior in and out of hairy makeup trailer. HR protocol was never adhered to following the above reports given by me to my showrunner EP, and an investigation was never issued for any of my claims. The only time I was asked to participate in an investigation was after a meeting I called in June following our season two announcement. This meeting included the showrunner and two other producers as well as my agent and SAG after a union rep. It was clear to all present in the meeting that the Runner had not shared my reports with with any of the producers. After my initial report of sexual harassment, I was assured that the actor would be fired. I was also asked to film with him the very next day as a courtesy to the script, even though we had not begun filming the episode yet. Th- this actor reappeared on our call sheet at the end of the season. I was, ri- I was even written in scenes with him. I asked the R- Runner about this, And he admitted to me that the actor had not been fired, nor had he gotten HR involved. I was asked to return this season and promised that everything was handled. The investigation hadn't even begun, and season two had already started filming. I turned it down, and I walked. Now is the best time in the world to be a woman. And I have a platform, so it's time to use my voice. Strength comes from within. It comes from above. Quote, greater is he that that is within me than he... ...that is in the, the world. Right after this... Right after this... Um... This post went viral. And it went... It was everywhere. Um... E1, at E1 Studios... And ABC Studios... the The... Um, studios behind the show both launched an investigation. Um, As I mentioned, and Nathan Fillion is one of the executive producers, it doesn't seem as though he was the one bullying Aston. Although, I would not put it past him. (coughs) As for the recurring guest star, I'm not sure why she didn't name him when she had no problem Um, laying it out there. As for the people who are saying she's not going to work again, she will. Um, mostly because she didn't do anything wrong. She may not work with E1 Studios again, but I'm not sure that she wants to. Especially if they're going to stay in business with someone... Who, um, who is going to do these things? Um, you know, there just seems to be a very weird, um, dynamic and vibe here. Now, I do want to say that, (coughs) again, E1 Studios has launched an investigation But no one's quite sure why they waited until after, um, uh, um, until after, um, after release her statement to do this. Um, and here, just in the, in the... Um, I can't think of the way to say this. In fairness, here is their statement. We take claims of this nature very seriously. We have in- initiated an independent investigation, which is ongoing and as such it would be it would not be appropriate to comment at this time. ABC Studios also released a statement that said E1 made us aware and informed us that they launched an investigation that is ongoing. The safety of working environments is a top priority for us, and we take this matter very seriously. And I'm going to guarantee you um, that the network is the network is definitely looking into it. Uh, I'm also going to guarantee you that um, there is. Um going to be much more coming out in this story in the in the coming days. And it could potentially get the show shut down. I'm not being dramatic, but we've seen it happen before. Um so I'm gonna stay on top of this story and I'm gonna bring you all the latest tidbits as they come in. For right now though, I'm gonna take a break. Oh no, I'm not gonna take a break. That's it for today. <laughs> Oh, thank you all so much for listening as always, and until next time, cheers.